It's September 29th, 2022. This is a special edition of Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode 202 of Rook. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is another special edition of our program. This one entitled The Uprising Voices from Inside Iran good to be with you. I really hope you're doing your best wherever you're tuning in from around the world. Hello to you from Toronto, Canada. Salam Dustan Aziz. Dudu Bashama. It's now day 13 since we heard the news of the horrific killing of Massa Amini in Iran. And since then, there have been countrywide protests, a brutal crackdown, an internet blockage, and international attention and solidarity for those brave souls fighting for basic human rights in the streets in Iran. We spent the last two special episodes hearing from voices across the diaspora on what we can possibly do to support the women and men in Iran who are leading this movement and putting their lives on the line, chanting in the streets of cities all over Iran. But on this episode, we want to do something a little different. We want to bring you voices from inside Iran, from the front lines. We have three courageous folks who've been demonstrating against the regime in the last two weeks in Iran, and they're going to speak to us over the next hour. They will give us a first-hand account of what exactly they are witnessing and experiencing in this volatile moment. The Uprising, Voices from Inside Iran. First things first, let me bring in the Rook uh, on-air team. Hi, Smart Pega. Hello. And hello, Gurvishaya. Hi, Azizan. So, uh, you okay? Yes. Voices. Gerefte, you can say that, Gerefte. I know, I know. Well, I mean, we just did a show on Monday, but um, mm-hmm. things are happening pretty fast, and uh, a lot is going on, and um, so we were inspired to do another one, uh, and... Um, uh, how are you feeling? I mean, I, I can echo Denam Gerefte for mm-hmm. sure, like many people, but uh, I'm very excited to hear from the individuals that we're going to have today. Yeah, we've reached, We've. I mean, we actually reached out to a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, understandably. I mean, there were some, there were some scheduling issues, but um, because Iran is many hours ahead and we're doing this uh, here in the afternoon here on Thursday, but uh, in Toronto time. But, um, but a lot, in a lot of cases, folks were... Um, had some trepidation about mm-hmm. coming on because they are understandably um, worried about safety mm-hmm. um, and worried about, uh, you know, being uh, um, tracked down by a, a regime that is, um, uh, you know, pretty intent on going after anybody and everybody that's, uh, that's demonstrating right now. So, you know, we certainly didn't want to force anyone's hand. We have three folks who were, were ready to do this, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to use pseudonyms, uh, not their actual names. And we've actually tried getting in touch with them, and the 
the, the both the cell phone and the internet is pretty spotty with yeah. from Canada to to Iran right now. Right. Um, it's not three in the morning there or something. So it, we're still kind of in. I guess would you call this peak hours or something? Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, we, we we we'll see. I mean, we're going to try and get these voices on, and we'll we'll see. Um, how long the connection lasts, or if it if it if it lasts, we have um, a woman in uh, who will call Sara in Tehran, uh, another woman who will call Elham in Mashhad, mm-hmm. and a guy named Som also in Tehran. And I should know that. I mean, these are these are three voices from the front lines. They have been demonstrating. They are they can give us firsthand accounts of what's going on there. But they are only three voices, so right. we don't have a. You know, this isn't scientific. We're not, um, uh, you know, we don't have a, a completely accurate sense of everything that's happening. What we'll hear is from, is their personal experience. And um, I I really feel like it'll be instructive. It, as as good as it's felt hearing from different folks, people in this diaspora, mm-hmm. of, well, how can we do, what can we do to support? Um, it's going to be interesting to hear from People having, you know, had our team members contact them. I know they have some interesting things to say and and to hear what's going on in Iran yes. right now. Yeah. We're all talking about it and around it and supporting it. But um, so um, just before we get to that, I wanted to mention something that I, w- I was saying on Instagram last night that I know we all agree with, which is that this weekend is a if you are in the diaspora, if you're not listening to us from Iran and 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 you want to do something. Um, the simplest thing you could do, at least, is turn up uh, at one or more than one of these demonstrations that are really uh, happening all weekend around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, here in Toronto, I think there's like four we've counted. Yeah. Every day there's one or two, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, all over the U.S., all over Europe, uh, different parts of Asia. Um, I know these demonstrations are happening, so uh, we'll be uh, at yes. a bunch of them around here. Uh, uh, and wherever you are listening around the world, if you really want to um, be counted, I mean, I, I just feel like I suspect this weekend's going to be big, and and this will hopefully be this will wake the international <laughs> community up uh, that uh, um, that the international Iranian community is is at least is is united around wanting people to pay attention to what's going on in Iran. Mm-hmm. And um, the massive numbers, I think, will will help do that. Yeah, I mean, there's 120 cities that are participating in this, is, oh, wow. is what I was looking and reading online. So, you know, like you said, here's hoping that um, media outlets and, and other support from people outside of the Iranian community will, will join as well. And you don't need to, I mean, uh, for those who... If you listen, if you're out there and you've never been to a demo before, or you're not that, <laughs> you're not into that kind of thing, or whatever. I mean, you know, having gone to a couple of them last week in Toronto, um, it's a family event. I mean, yeah. you don't have to go stand at the very front and That's chant right. slogans if you don't want to. But turning up and being counted is is a good thing. Yeah, right? I think uh, just anyone's presence is is more than enough. Just showing up and being there in in these large numbers and showing support, I think that's the most important thing. Now, before we get to the um, our guests from Iran, and we'll get to them pretty quickly, that, uh, that that's uh, our priority here. Um, just want to mention a couple of notes that we've learned in the last couple of days. First of all, there's an increasing number of um, this is again something I talked about on our Instagram last night about. Um, uh, the fact that we now in the Rook team mm-hmm. have 
direct connections to people. I mean, connections, I should say. We know people yeah. uh, or our families know people who are um, uh, one person who's been killed, people who are being arrested, people are, a couple of people have been killed, actually, yes. uh, and um, or being detained. Um, and so it's, it's we, we were already heart sick about everything we're hearing about uh, what's happening in Iran, but uh, now, you know, it, it, it gets ever more real when it's people mm-hmm. that you know personally. Yeah. Shai, you were saying that somebody yesterday... Yeah, actually one of my friends, uh, she called me last night, Toronto time, like it was like, I think, 5 a.m. in Iran, and uh, she lives in the north of Iran, actually, not in Tehran. And like she was shivering, and she was telling that uh, some thugs uh, at- invaded the, their uh, home and they beaten up. Thugs would be part of the uh, r- r- regime. R- r- yeah. They beaten up uh, uh, her mother and her sisters, and like her sister uh, mm, bones were cracked. Oh my god! Yeah, and so they detained my friend. She's a and she's Is she an activist. Or? She's like activist and tweeter, you know, mm. and. And she's Farzanda uh, Shahid, like she's wow. uh, a kid of a murder. Uh-huh. And yeah, so and they detained her in a solidar- solidarity confinement. Oh for, my God. Yeah, for a couple nights. And yeah, and yeah I, I mean, I, her, her voice uh, keeps repeating in my mind. And it's, yeah. it's really, uh, I have no word to explain that how awful they feel in this and situation. I should explain I mean uh, Dr. Mori D I think was the one who was explaining this on a show on Monday but but for those who are aren't familiar with this or the non-Iranians listening once again there's the police there's the military there's even the IRGC but then there's outsourced thugs oh, basically yeah. right there's just <laughs> people who are hired yes. to go I don't know beat people up and yes. intimidate folks and, and things yeah. like that right yeah it's yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, um, and also, I mean, there's a lot. To, you know, there's a lot we could speak about anecdotally, but and you know, but and the changes by the hour. But there's something that uh, that really bothered me uh, when I heard uh, today, uh, amongst all the things that are that are sad news. Um, you, if you're listening to us, you probably are interested enough. You may be interested enough that you've been following things on social media, and you know there was a there's a young guy named Shervin. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. what's his full name? Shervin Hajipur. Hajipur, right? Who ha- wrote the, wrote a song? I mean, a lot of artists are doing right. uh, songs that are. Uh, Dang Show did a, a a cool little tribute piece, and and uh, I, I did something with a bunch of people with Arash Sopani. There's a lot of people who are doing songs, and mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, this guy, this young guy, wrote a wrote a piece. Uh, if you if you haven't watched it, and I'm sure many of you have, um, where he's just it's it's very simple. He's yeah. singing along to a, I guess a piano or something, and he's the lyrics are made up of tweets, right? Yes. That that Iranian um, uh, people had put up, uh, uh, and it's kind of a list of the, the issues that yeah. uh, we're dealing with. People are dealing with in mm-hmm. Iran. It's called Baraya. Like Baraya. Yeah, this is why. Yeah. These are the reasons why yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to change. Kind mm-hmm. of. Yes. Uh, can you play a little bit sure, of it? Like yeah. we can play the whole thing at the end, but just so people sure. get a sense of it. Yeah. 
کوچه رخصیدم برای ترسیدم به وقت بوسیدم برای خواهرم خواهرت خواهرامون برای تغییر مغزها که پوسیدم So because of fear because of not being able to dance because of our sisters because of the death of Maso etc etc he's saying right And so this song uh, as many people who in our audience will know went viral in the last just in the last two or three days and had about 40 million the little video of him doing this which is a very simple video of just him sitting there mm-hmm. singing this uh, had about 40 million or more views I think so, yeah. Yeah. and then we hear the news today first of all if you go to his social media accounts because it was on his Instagram and on his YouTube and it's been removed it's been yes. gone, yeah. so that was the first kind of weird thing yes. and um, we thought that maybe Instagram had taken it down or something we weren't mm-hmm. sure what had happened but now the news that he's been arrested because mm-hmm. yeah. he was in Iran <laughs> I mean yeah. you know this this is the thing right it, this is why it's not hypothetical mm-hmm. you know like like here's an example a guy wrote a song yeah right yeah. he wrote a song and he's been yeah i mean you see these comments um and on a variety of photos and posts and things like that where um sometimes people from iran will comment and will and i've seen it a lot they say you know um if if we if you can't hear us afterwards or if you can't hear from us afterwards mm. or if you don't see our comments afterwards it's because and then there's a whole list of things either they've been detained the internet has been shut down they've been arrested they're mm. they've been beaten they're put into solitary confinement i mean the list goes on right mm-hmm. and yet this is something that because his song was shared so many times and because there were so many plays his arrest was so it it, it really shook people i mean it shook me for yeah. sure and ironically it's because his song was too good. That's right. Because so many people are putting out music or doing, dem- you know, artistic works mm-hmm. or whatever that, 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 I mean, I'm assuming the regime can't keep up with all of this, you know. Of course. But this one, because he's gotten the, mm-hmm. the 40 million views, yes. you know. Um, that said, uh, I see already a bunch of people, uh, I'll post it now yes. again, too, you, know, you know, it's sort of going, okay, you want to arrest yeah. this guy? Yeah. We'll spread his song even yeah. further. So hopefully it'll be, you know, yeah. a billion views by next week. Right? I mean, yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, the new wave of arresting actually just uh, began. Like, I've heard that they arrested a very famous lyricist, Mona Borzui, or like a good football player, mm-hmm. Hossein Mahi. I, I mean, it's, it started, they, when we have to wait, like tomorrow probably they arrest more people. Right. It's a, yeah, it's a repeating well, game. It's what we've always been saying, or at least been saying the last couple of weeks, that the worst is yet to come, and, and we're just starting to see like new wave of arrests, and, and who knows, this is ever-changing, so. All right, well, let's go to, um, again, for, the, uh, for this episode, we want to, we want to hear from people that have um, generously and, and courageously agreed to speak to us from inside Iran. Uh, and I think with a couple of these, we're, we're using connections that, um, I mean, just to, just to let the audience in on this, uh, there's, e- even the idea of using a cell phone can be dangerous for folks in Iran yes. because um, the, the, you know the authorities there can track you down through a cell phone and um so so there's been some concerns about all of that so we found different ways that we're going to connect with um these people and so uh Pega we'll see you on the other side of this and uh Shai I know you're dialing up our first um so uh 
First up, I want to go to uh, a woman in Tehran. She is in her 30s. She works in a, in a private import and export company, and um, she has been demonstrating. She has witnessed and experienced what's been going on there. And, and for the sake of this, uh, this interview, we're going to call her Sara. Um, hello. Hello, Sara. Are you there? Hi. Hi. Uh, nice to uh, hear your voice, and I'm here to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this, and thank you for, um, well, all that you're doing on the ground there. First of all, tell us, you're, you're, you're in Tehran, correct? Yes, yes, I live in Tehran, and I'm in Tehran right now. Can you um, describe uh, what, first of all, what is the atmosphere like in, in Tehran right now? Uh you know, uh, um, it's been two weeks after the Masa Amini's death, and uh, there are uh, scattered protests around uh, the, the city of Tehran and other cities in Iran. But uh, because of the uh, police and guard violence, the protests have decreased a little bit. But strikes have started in universities and some businesses, and uh, here we are very, very angry. Um, tell me about your your. First of all, I mean, if 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 somebody is in Tehran right now, I, are there? I mean, is mm-hmm. it is it is it clear something's going on there, or do you have to go to certain parts of the city to see protests, etc.? I mean, is it clear anywhere you go in Tehran mm-hmm. that there's a a police presence and yes. that there's yes, yes, uh, there are so many uh, police guards um, in all the streets of Tehran, and uh, this is some kind of military attack. Uh, on Tehran, you you see the military police, the uh, guard, and uh, some sort of uh, 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 police uh, all over the city, and uh, uh, so it's kind of terrifying. Sarah, I know that you've been active out there in the protests. Tell me, tell me when you yeah. decided after the news about Mass Amini, when you decided to to go out on the streets. Uh, I'm going to tell you uh, something first. You know, let me describe uh, my life and other Iranian life to you. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Yes. Our whole life is tied to politics. You know, we have so many economic problems in our country. We have financial problems. We have environmental problems. And our government is, is uh, somehow bankrupt. So we have uh, some kind of mental pressure in our lives every day. And <laughs> there is some uh, morality police also. You imagine that you uh, go to work every morning and you have to pass through the moral- morality police every day. Yes. And uh, every day there is a chance you got arrested by the mor- morality police. There, there are women who wearing veils, black veils, and also some uh, police guys 
uh, in main main streets, in main squares, on the metro station, and when you want to go to work in the morning, in eight morning, eight o'clock in the morning, you have to pass through the morality police. Right. And uh, this is a very very uh, hard situation. It's been for years. It's been for years, and. Uh, the death of Massa was the explosion point for us. We couldn't handle this mental pressure anymore. We couldn't stand with it because each one of us could be Massa. Each one of us could be Massa. If you resist the morality police in the streets, they're going to beat you and force you to uh, ride the car and go to the police station and uh, when you you're going when, when they're going to beat you there's a chance that you got uh, for example All right, well, we're losing Sarah a little bit here but we'll continue to hold on and see if it clears up if not we'll try and this is so dangerous every day so uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so um, this was the explosion point for us and uh, after I heard the masses death I told myself that uh, maybe uh, I die on the street maybe I got arrested but I can't live this anymore I can't live this anymore this is not something that I can stand or handle with this anymore. And I went to protest on the street, on Engelab Street. At uh, After one day that Massa was killed, I went to protest on the street. And there was so many police guards. They beat us. They threw uh, tear gas to us. They even shot uh, some protesters. And uh, that was so terrifying, but we couldn't do anything. We, we have to deal with it. We can't live with this situation anymore. Okay, let me, let me ask you a couple of questions based on what you've just said. Um, and again, I'm, I'm thankful that you're sharing all of this with us. Um, uh, but, but, by the way, let me ask you, are you, are you um, do you have any fear or trepidation about even doing an interview like this? I have the fear, but I have to do that. You know, uh, you know, there is a point in your life that uh, you have to risk your life because the rights that you have to reach. Right. Because of my rights, I have to do that. And I'm going to do that. I, I am frightened, but I have to do that. Would you, would you say that, I mean, would you describe yourself before this? Because you said this was a breaking point for you. You know, sometimes these kind of protests and stuff get written off, and especially by authorities of, oh, this is some troublemakers. These are some activists. Would you have previously described yourself as an activist? And in other words, do you always go out on these demonstrations, or is this time different yes, for you? Yes, yes, no. Um, th there have been so... Um, many years that we are protesting against our government uh, 10 years ago uh, two years ago after the uh, Ukrainian uh, airplane 
we uh, went to the streets to protest. But this government, this government is not something we can live with uh, anymore. This is something cannot be reformed. They have to go. We, ha we want a, a referendum. And this is not just this uh, situation this year. It's been years that we are protesting. But this time you hear you heard our voices. But this it, it would you would you say that this time I mean we're we're told that this time is much bigger and it's a more is it is are you seeing people at these protests that you previously wouldn't have seen? In other words, does it feel that much bigger? Uh, this is the biggest protest in Iran around the whole country in many cities you know our public rage is now so bigger than our fear this mm. time this is uh, why uh, this protesting movement is so bigger than other times this is the explosion point in iran we've been sorry we've been seeing a lot of videos of, of mm -hmm. women, brave women, uh, taking, uh, mm -hmm. uh, supported by men, taking off their hijabs in the streets. Mm -hmm. uh, have you mm -hmm. have you been wearing a Rusari hijab when you go out on these things? or, or uh, You know, when you are a Muslim woman, you have to obey the, the Islamic rules. You have to uh, put hijab and wear a hijab. But when you are not religious, you don't have to do that in a free country. And we are not religious. I'm not religious. There are millions of women in Iran who they are not religious and they are forced to wear a hijab. Uh, we wore rosary just because of the law, yes. just because of the police force. So after the masses enemies death, I didn't uh, put rosary on my head. It's been two weeks. I told myself that um, there is a risk that I got arrested, but I can't do that anymore. And every time I go out, I look at my room and I tell myself, maybe this is the last time I see my room, maybe this is the last time I see my mom, but I don't have no choice. I can't leave with the forced hijab anymore. Wow. What does your mom say when you go out and she's, she knows you're, you're, you're bravely going out like that? Uh, my mom is worried. Yes, my mom is worried about me, but um, she knows that uh, this forced hijab, uh, mm, this is something we don't want. Yeah, so this is, I mean, we've known this, uh, the internet going in and out, this is going to happen during these interviews. We're actually not going to edit this so that you, yes. you folks can hear this uh um, and but we're going to stick stick around here and see if uh, um, for each of these interviews we've been sort of waiting until we could get a connection. Um, let's see if Sarah comes back here. How brave she's! Wow. Can are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I'm yes. here. I'm here. 
I'm here. Sorry, sorry. Tell me, tell me about. You said that people are getting beaten. Did have have you been? What what's happened to you out on these demonstrations? Have you been able uh, to escape these uh, riot police and stuff? Uh, I went to the protests uh, for about four times. And the first time I went to protest in Anglava Street, they beat on my head with bottom and uh, there was uh, tear gas in the air and that was so difficult, but I had to deal with it. I went another time, I told myself that there is a chance I got shot by the police, but I have to fight for my rights. And there are thousands of people, Iranian people, who know that they might be killed, they might be arrested, but they prefer to fight. What is the atmosphere like amongst you and the other protesters when you're when you're at this demonstration? I mean, does it feel? Do you feel mm-hmm. the strength? Is there fear? Is there uh, energy? Tell tell me if you can describe it for me. Mm-hmm. This is anger. This is public outrage. This is anger. Everyone is everyone are are angry and. Uh, all of us know that this regime must go. We want a referendum for, uh, to leave. We want to leave. We want just to have a normal life. We want uh, to uh, choose what to wear. We want to, uh, we want to choose our lifestyle. So we have to fight. And when we look at each other, we smile. We just smile. Uh, we are frightened, but we smile because we know that we have to fight. And we know that if this regime, uh, if this regime still, uh, I, I, that's some kind of difficult for me. Uh, we know that uh, if the uh, Islamic Republic in Iran, we can't have a life so we have to fight it and all of the protesters know that Mm. and uh, there are some people that uh, can't protest in the streets Uh, we chant uh, at night on our window and on the roof we chant every night at nine o'clock uh, and we chant and say, down with dictator, down with Khamenei, down with the uh, Islamic Republic of Iran, and we want uh, freedom. We chant freedom every night uh, on our windows. This is the atmosphere we've, in Tehran. We've heard and we've seen that a lot of the the demonstrators mm-hmm. are are quite young. I mean, there's it's it's very inspiring to see sort of eighteen year olds, twenty year olds who've grown up uh, in mm-hmm. this Islamic Republic. Well, so have you. But uh, I mean, to to yeah. be out on the streets, describe the kinds of people that you've seen um, demonstrating mm-hmm. alongside you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are so young and they are so brave, and this bravery is uh, it because they want a normal life. When you talk to them, 
the only thing they want is normal life they want to dance they want to uh, choose their clothes they want uh, to be normal normal people just like other normal countries they want to live but they have to immigrate to another country and uh, they want this freedom in their country in iran so they are so angry and very brave and they chant their rights and i'm i couldn't believe this much bravery from the young people the young uh, girl and boys about 18 17 16 you know I didn't uh, s uh, saw this uh, kind of protest in these ages, teenagers. Yeah. Uh, this is the first in Iran that I see this much young people over all over the cities and uh, uh, country. And they are so brave. They are so brave. And the only thing they want is a normal life just that. Uh, Sarah, I'm guessing that you know some um, people who've been arrested or even injured or killed? Yes, yes. Um, one of our neighbors was shot in Tajirish Street and uh, uh, we don't know where she is. And one of my brother's friends was killed in Ekpatan. And uh, uh, the family cannot uh, protest to the government because of the force of our government or something. But um, I know, I know, and uh, there I have three uh, friends that have been arrested by the Islamic forces. You know, we had a we had a guest guest on a, a singer named Gelare Shebani who was talking about she was talking to a friend in Iran who's been at the demonstrations mm -hmm. and he had told her that he for the first time when when you know he's I guess he's been at protests before but he saw fear in and amongst these riot police he could see that you know that they're 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 they don't believe that the regime or even their force is as strong as it as 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 it has been in the past and that and that the the people who are rising up are are much stronger do you have any sense of that yes yes because uh, because these young people are so brave much more brave than our generation and uh, because they are so angry, so the police have, you can feel the fear in uh, the police faces, the, in the guard men faces. You can feel the fear in their eyes. That's so true. Are you are you aware of like are you and the other demonstrators and people I mean I'm guessing you are because you're talking to us are you aware of how how much you know around the world there has been support and demonstrations um, in support of you guys in the streets in in Iran Yes 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 um, 
in Iran, uh, we watch uh, your TV series, your movies, your music, and we know so many celebrities. Uh, this support of celebrities, of actors, actresses, uh, this is so good for us. I, we, we feel happy, we really feel happy that the uh, world hear our voices and this is so good, this is so good. We, uh, we uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, we see uh, many celebrities that are supporting us and, and, and this is so good, this, that feels so good. Not just celebrities, but there's thousands and thousands of people in the yes, streets here yes. in Toronto yes, or yes, LA yes. or London, everywhere, right? Yes, yes, that is so um, good. That feels so good. This is something that uh, give us that that make us more brave, even more brave. Well, you're the leaders. We're just trying. We're trying to support. I mean, what you're doing is 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 brave. Tell me about a few minutes ago. You had said that the protests mm-hmm. have gotten smaller because of the crackdowns, and I'm guessing also because of the internet shutdown. Uh, yeah. can, can you describe what what do you? Is there less, just less activity, less people going out on the streets? What's happening now? Uh, that's true. That's because uh, you said that. That's because the internet uh, shut down and because the police and guard violence. But I told you, a strike has started, and uh, my friends, they uh, make they, they make paper notices, and uh, they uh, they are going to spread these papers over the neighbors. They're going to put this paper notice on the uh, door of the houses and on these papers they wrote, they wrote, let's be united, let's strike, let's protest uh, against them. I'm actually... Um, oh, okay, well, you're back now. Go ahead, yes. You were talking about they're taking paper around. Have- I can hear you now. You were talking about there, yes. in because the internet is 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 not working. People are walking around with with paper notices. Okay. I mean, it's almost like a a pre-internet age. Uh, the way you know flyers. Yes, yes, yeah, that's yeah. just yes, that's just all ages. And we have to do that. We have to do that when they shut down the internet. We have to do the, the old ways, the old school ways. Uh, and uh, on the street, on the streets, uh, you can see so many, uh, so many girls without a scar. So many uh, girls without a scar, girls and women. And uh, this is something that I, I haven't seen for years. You know. Do you do you think that um, with the combination of I mean, just the fact that people are getting killed and and obviously arrested and uh, that this this crackdown uh, across the country and the the military and the the police in the streets do you, do you feel like the the protests are going to um die off because i mean it, because of you know they're just uh, they're intimidating the people out of being able to do this um or do you suspect that you guys will keep protesting um i think that we're going to protest because 
we can live this we can like uh, live like this anymore we have so many problems so if um, we want to live no we, we want to have normal life so we have to fight so i think uh, the protests are going to be continued in the future i don't think that they can shut the protest uh, movement in iran it doesn't sound like you're, despite the fact that you know a, a neighbor who's disappeared, you know people who've been shot, you have friends who've been arrested, you, you, you're not intimidated. You want to keep going out there. Yes, we, we have no choice. We have no choice. You know, in Iran, we love, we, we love life, we love normal life, we love to dance, we love to... Uh, have fun. We want to have a normal life, and these dreams made us strong. We have no choice. We have no choice but to continue. Maybe we got arrested. Maybe we hello. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, oh, I can oh. hear you. Okay, you can hear me. All right, thank you. It's 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 so important for us to hear from voices inside Iran, and you are so brave for what you're doing. Thank you for your support, and uh, that was so nice to talk to you. Thank you. Please, please take care of yourself, okay? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye bye. Goodbye. now go to Mashhad and uh, this is a an English teacher in Mashhad who has been um, out on the demonstrations and for the sake of this interview we're going to call you Elham. Elham are you there? Yeah here I am hello. Hi thank you thank you so much for doing this uh, it's very much appreciated. Um, uh, for, first of all how are you feeling and how do you describe the atmosphere in Mashhad this week? Uh, well, this week uh, I can say that it's pretty much intense, and we are all very, you know, shocked, sad, upset. I can um, name many adjectives for you right now because uh, we are feeling differently. I mean, some people are uh, kind of in a silent mode, I can say, and some people are mad, they are angry, like me, and yeah. But none of us are, um, you know, feeling good. None of us. 
Is it is it clear? I mean, just if you can paint a picture of what what it's like to be living and witnessing what's happening in Mashhad right now. It, I was just talking to somebody who was in Tehran, and she was telling us that it's very clear. There's police, there's military all over the city. Is that the case in Mashhad as well? Can you could could if, if you were just sort of parachuted into the city right now, would it be clear something's going on? No, not that much right now. Um, I mean, it, uh, for the last two days, I can say that uh, we can't see any uh, police or military, not that much, you know. And why do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. Maybe people are tired or I can say they're scared. Um, not everyone... Um, Wants to go to the streets right now. I can I can talk about Mashhad. I don't know about other cities, but I think more people are getting more and more scared of these jerks. <laughs> and um, even I could see police um, until um, two days ago, but right now, no, I don't see any. Um, Elham, t- tell tell us about your experience. Um, at the the demonstrations in Iran, I mean, I um, and in Mashhad, uh, are you someone who would have gone on demonstrations before this? And why why was this a moment when you also wanted to hit the streets? You know, I'm a feminist person, so yeah, I would definitely do that, and I did. Uh, well, if I want to put it shortly, it was one of these nights because you know there were some nights in a row. And uh, I was busy at work when uh, people were on the streets, you know, because they mostly happen in the evenings where uh, I had classes. So I couldn't really join, but there was this one night uh, that one of my uh, classes got canceled. So I decided to head straight to one of these streets. Uh, I took the subway, but it didn't stop for three stations in a row and uh, I realized so there must have been something going on there so I got out the train at the first next station and when I came up to the surface I mean to the ground floor I saw a very small group of people mostly teenagers I can say just you know they were waiting uh, for something and looking around I kind of waited to see what happens next and it gradually became larger. Uh, I joined the, uh, and then they started shouting slogans, you know. And the reason I keep mentioning the group has they and not uh, we is because I um, hadn't believed it yet that it was happening, that I was there in the street. And, you know, I couldn't really believe it at first. Opposite the street, um, there was this police officers, but they really, really didn't do anything at first. They just um, came and asked us to leave, and seriously, nothing came, nothing happened. And but I couldn't leave with the group because I was waiting there for a friend whose cell phone was off, and I had to wait for him like uh, for like 20 minutes or so, and uh, because he didn't answer i left and i decided to go to another street another spot uh i entered to this another street uh which we call sajjad 
and uh, well, almost no one was there. Uh, but I, uh, you know, as I was walking, I felt my nose and throat were burning. So I got I kind of got the feeling that uh, oh, uh, there must have been something right. happening there. And you know, I was walking when uh, when unexpectedly I saw a huge number of people running towards me screaming run 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 and they were being chased by those motorcycle riders which um you know they were not police officers i think and there were these volunteer people that we called basiji here in iran right uh i was too shocked to even move so i just stood up against the wall trying to keep my distance as far as i could uh with the riders you know they were hitting people there and I was kind of hiding in a shadow and decided to go to the opposite direction where the riders came from. And um, I thought, okay, they were all gone when I turned back and faced exactly one of them right in front of me. Uh, yeah, I just uh, covered my face and one of them hit me and I escaped. Uh, I remember this movie called uh, Leon the Professional, if you've seen it, probably yeah. you have, yeah. uh, which if you remember, Matilda, the little girl, uh, rings the neighbor's door, hoping he would open the door as if she leaves. That's exactly what I did. I mean, ringing almost all. Hmm. When I entered, I realized that my fingers were bleeding because uh, my ring had been broken and kind of locked into one of my fingers and i didn't even feel the pain at first because i was too shocked and nervous uh and i was very horrified because i could hear those people those riders yelling shouting to come out come out and you know uh the the worst thing is that none of my family members knew where i was they had no idea that I had intended to go to the streets. And only one of my teachers, who's kind of like a friend to me, uh, knew about that. And he was also very nervous, texting me a lot. And uh, he offered to come to that you know, place, that house, stranger's house, and pick me up. Uh, eventually, I could actually find an online taxi service, but when the driver arrived, he wanted to cancel it because he said uh, it was so dangerous and he was very uh, worried that something like that happened to his car. And I again begged him to stay and uh, take me home. And that's when I actually arrived at home with my fingers bruised and kind of in pain, yeah. What was the, uh, um, and I guess somewhat fortunate that you weren't, um, that something worse hadn't happened yeah. to you, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what was the conversation like with the, the people whose house you went into? Uh, they were so kind, they were so sweet, and I could trust them. I can say just, um, I don't know, they were like angels from God, <laughs> I can say. They came and helped me with my finger, they... Uh, sanitized it and uh, that's all they could do I mean if they hadn't opened the door I don't know if, what would have happened to me they, really. they obviously knew I, they, they knew you had been at the demonstration yes 
Yeah, yeah, of course, oh, yeah. of course, yeah. So they were sympathetic. Um, uh, what what is I mean? Do, do, have you been back after that night, or or did that sort of traumatize you enough that you didn't want to go back? No, actually, <laughs> I was uh, uh, way more stubborn, and um, I think I don't remember vividly, but I I guess another night, uh, maybe it was one night or two nights after that, I went riding my bicycles in the streets with no covers. I mean, no scar. No hijab, not and, nothing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I was riding right in front of the uh, motorcycle riders, and they were looking at me. Uh, actually, they were staring at me uh, <laughs> like I was kind of a mad girl who's lost her mind. And uh, one of them came and said, uh, "Well, actually, uh, in a very angry way, he." forced me to wear my scarf and I didn't so he sent someone to follow me and then I again I escaped and yeah I came back home wow so <laughs> I mean we you know we hear about this this kind of bravery but you know you're obviously aware that there's um, you know there's crackdowns and there's there's people being beaten arrested shot killed um, and that's in uh, you know places in, in like Tehran, let alone Mashhad. Um, w- w- tell me about the courage that you have. Tell me about what goes through your mind when you say, you know, fuck it, I'm going to get on a bicycle without a, a, a rusadi, without a hijab, and I'm going to ride in front of these guys. Well, um, it's all about my principles. It's all about uh, women's rights. And uh, I've raised in a way that uh, I fight for my freedom all the time. Not just about, uh, you know, power and hijab, about anything. I fight all the time. I'm, I'm a fighter, I can say. And uh, yeah, this is one of my pre- principles. And I'm very, very uh, serious about it because I'm a feminist and this is a feminist issue. So that's the motivation I get. How does your, um, what kind of conversations have you been having with your family in the last week or two? Um, well, I haven't told them anything about these things because they uh, are so opposed this. I mean, they're not, if, you know, they're regime followers. They hate their regime, but uh, they're too worried yeah. for their children. You know, they wouldn't let me go out and do these things. Yeah. And and but you're it doesn't sound like you're scared to do so. Mm, no, I'm gonna do it again. Actually, I'm doing it again. I mean, I take the subway every day from and to work, and uh, I try not to wear any scarf. And you know what's funny that uh, I have struggles with women mostly. I mean, religious women. Mm. Men don't say anything. This is the really cool part that men say nothing and women, religious women who wear chador, uh, they come and they, you know, they have a uh, raw video and, you know, it's just really, really ridiculous that I have to fight with women. Meaning you're standing there, say, in the subway. I mean, I've seen these kind of videos and stuff, but you're, you're standing there, and then one of these uh, more religious women will come and say, why aren't you obeying the rules and wearing the the scarf, et cetera? Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. Do you, I, I mean, do you, you've obviously thought through what what might happen in terms of getting arrested or you know detained yeah. or, or or all of that? Um, do you are you worried worried about that? No, because you know, uh, okay, this might sound a little <clears throat> dramatic, but uh, I say, okay, I'm tired. I'm tired of these things going on in Iran and. Uh, either I'm dead or I'm free. So it's either one of these. Wow, yeah. Um, and do, do you have any sense of of how much, I mean, when you're protesting, when you're you know, in your daily life um, in a city like Mashhad, do you have a sense of how much popular support there is? I mean, putting aside how many people actually go to the streets and demonstrate, but do you feel like the, the big majority is on your side? Um, unfortunately, I can say no, because I can remember there was this uh, day in August. I, I think it was the 12th uh, of August that um, we decided, I mean, we women decided not to wear any hijab and we called it no hijab, no scarf day, something like that. And it was only me and uh, some another woman with no scarf on the street that day. And everyone, everyone was, you know, wearing scarf like all other days. And, you know, I just um, couldn't feel the support. And yeah, I felt really, really lonely. But that hasn't changed now. I mean, given the the big outcry after Massa Amini, is, would you still say that that's the case? No, uh, it's better. I mean, people are more supportive. I can see more girls not wearing hijab in the streets or in the subway. I can say, uh, but uh, still, I can't really have hope for Mashhad. I can say, <laughs> I don't know about other cities, but for Mashhad. I'm still not really that much hopeful. You must be aware that, um, I mean, I know we contacted you, so you're obviously, you've, you know, you're, you're checking the internet, you've got capability of seeing what's happening around the world. Are, are you aware of, of just the level of um, uh, support and solidarity that's happening internationally with the Iranian diaspora in terms of people dem demonstrating in different cities, uh, um, trying to support you guys? Yes, yes, and that uh, that is actually amazing, and you know that uh, kind of even um, makes me more uh, angry uh, about some people in Iran that are still on silent mode. They don't uh, say anything, like in their posts or stories, they say nothing. They don't protest, and I tell them, okay, these people from other countries are protesting for us. They are. Um, supporting why you are silent. Please uh, don't be silent and say something. Uh, this is what I'm doing like every day uh, in my Instagram page. I feel like this is really. Oh, oh, you you do this on an Instagram page under your own name? Mm, yeah. Okay, so you are out publicly in terms of your. Uh, uh, we're using a pseudonym in this interview, but you 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 are on Instagram. You know, you're publicly taking a position. No, uh, it's not a public page, actually. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, it's a private page, but I have many, many colleagues there. I have some students of mine there, 
and uh, yeah, I can actually encourage them as a teacher. I can... Hello, hello. Oh, okay. Oh, there you are. You're back. I just want to say that that's really important and and I should say heartening to hear because we say, I mean, I've said on our program and, you know, um, let's get out in the streets, let's support these people in Iran, but it it sometimes feels hypothetical. Like we, I, I don't, you know, how am I supposed to actually know if we're making a difference? So, so to know that it makes a difference to you or your fellow um, protesters or, or, or folks in Iran who really want to create change, that's a pretty big deal. And that's, that's an indication that I guess folks around the world should keep doing this. Uh, you know, as I said before, um, both the demonstrators are doing their job. Um, there's nothing I can tell them because they're doing their job perfectly. But uh, to the people who are silent and uh, are not saying anything, uh, those are dangerous people. And I try to uh, actually show and send, share some videos from other countries people uh, being our voice, supporting us to them and tell them, come on, people around the world are talking about us while you are silent. So I'm kind of encouraging the silent uh, side of the people, yeah. Um, can, can you talk about what something you've been um, inspired by during these protests? Uh, the, the, the woman I was just speaking to who's in Tehran was talking about the youth of some of the protesters that she's been um, alongside and, and how how inspiring it is to see their determination. Um, can you share an anecdote or an idea of, of, of what you've seen that has really been inspiring to you? Um, being hit by a person for just not wanting to wear hijab, for just wanting to protest for our rights, our basic rights, uh, was uh, big enough to motivate me. I mean, that was big enough to be enough. I didn't need more. There was somebody, um, we we had a, one of our guests earlier this week say that she was talking to someone in, in Iran who'd been at the demonstrations who was saying that, and, and had been at previous ones in previous years, and was saying this time's different in, in terms of that the riot police at times seeming like they're scared like like they they have fear in their eyes uh he, she had said like like they they know this time is different somehow or the the crowds are bigger I, i'm not sure if that's happening in mashad but are you are you do you have any sense of that uh actually yeah it happened in Kolatus uh, boulevard in mashad uh when the number of protesters were more than uh, police officers, so they kind of uh, back out. They kind of back off, and um, people had weapons, so the police were scared. And uh, yeah, I think that was the only time that in Mashhad police was scared because the, because of the number of people and because uh, people uh, were with weapons. And you know, police uh, stations are. Uh, lacking number of soldiers and that's another reason why they're scared I know you don't have a before I let you go and again I thank you so much for for doing this I I know you don't have a crystal ball um, but but what do you I mean if you were to guess um, do you think that this where do you think this is going to go we know that the 
regime's uh, tactic is to, you know, shut off communication with the internet and to, uh, you know, brutally sort of uh, launch a crackdown, which both of both things have happened this week. Um, are, are you disheartened by that? Do you see less enthusiasm, more fear amongst your the, the, the people you know? And, and what do you expect to see in the coming days and weeks? If I want to put it shortly, I can say in one sentence that they're not going to last. And um, yeah, they're not going to last in a few years. A few years. I'm not talking about decades. A few years. What about this? What about for the next few weeks? No, <laughs> not that soon. I mean, I wish, but no, not that soon. You're not. You're not optimistic that this is some kind of enkelab. That this is another revolution right now. You know, because we don't have a leader. I mean, uh, when we had that, there was this um, Islamic revolution. There was this leader who would um, tell people what to do, but now there's no leader groups are different anyway everybody is you know saying something and people are kind of confused to listen to whom you know um that's why i'm saying but there are some uh public figures who are being followed more by people and i think one of these will uh, eventually become like a leader for people but it takes time i mean that's why i say come on it's not gonna uh, take like now, a few weeks. It's gonna uh, take more than that, like a few years. Yeah, although it's hard to believe things will go back to to to, to normal, quote unquote, after this. You know, after so many um, public people in Iran as well just coming out and 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 speaking out against this regime, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Elham, please. Uh, Take care of yourself. Thank you again for the time, and um, and know that there's support for you uh, right around the world. Thank you very much for your support, and I hope really, really good things happen soon. Bye bye. Thank you. Goodbye. This dream I'm dreaming. Won't you Cause this life I'm living Doesn't really feel like mine. This strange dream I'm dreaming If it ain't wrong, it don't feel right Never thought Special, the uprising voices from inside Iran. I want to go back to Tehran now, and Sam uh, Sam, uh, who is a musician and filmmaker, um, he is in Tehran. Sam, can you hear me? Yes. Thank you 
so much for doing this. You you um, didn't have any trepidation about speaking to us. Um, I mean, there are some reservations, but I think it's okay, especially because it's English language. I don't think they're very sensitive about this, and my page is public already. So, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Um, can you describe what, first and foremost, what 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 is your sense of the atmosphere in Tehran today, right now? Um, I mean, it depends on uh, the neighborhood. Right now, I think it's very different from one neighborhood to the other. Like last week, it was still different, but the amount of unrest was almost the same. But right now, like some neighborhoods are mostly just a lot of cars uh, honking and that's it. Some places they're like people chanting. Most places they don't allow people to gather enough. I mean, they don't allow enough number of people to gather so that they can like chant. Uh, so it's kind of like a street war kind of situation like in Satar Khan or in Narmak, um, there are cars who are honking and supporting, which is very helpful because, first of all, when there's traffic, um, it's not easy for them to like raid with their bikes, and that helps a lot. And also, because like so many cars are like honking and supporting them, like it's yeah, more difficult for them to be too brutal, I would say. But still, like the way they're fighting right now is mostly like even when they see like five people at one corner, they will like shoot paintball bullets mm. at them to just so it's like five people here, five people there. In some places, some neighborhoods like Satarhan, uh, a lot of people are actually kind of embracing this because this gets a lot of energy from. Uh, the oppressors to like go like one mile when when they hear like a chant from like five six people they have to just run to that place and like spend a lot of energy a lot of people like 50 of them on bikes and then by the time they get there there's no one there and then on the, another side on another corner they hear another chant and like in these backs and forth sometimes they suddenly like see two of their own motor motorcycles on fire at a corner and they don't even know like where it came from and when when people capture those bikes and like so that's i think it is still a risky situation for the people because they don't have a lot of them don't have bikes none of them have gears and the other side they they're like um very uh prepared for this but still i think um they're spending more the oppressors are uh, anti um protest forces are spending much more energy i think is it some is it clear um i mean it did, regardless of the neighborhood is it clear that there's something going on in tehran i mean in other words if yeah. if, if you're not yeah. at a protest like, you see you see yeah, military like you see police yeah go ahead I was going to say, you see, you you do see military, you see police, you see riot police, like sort of pretty much yeah. wherever you go. Yeah, yeah, pretty much every neighborhood. I mean, it depends. Like there are neighborhoods that they start bringing less and less forces because nothing happens, nothing like um, 
extreme happens for a few days, but usually when people see that happening, um, they will start coming out again. Um, but even like in the neighborhoods that there are not many people like chanting or running in the streets and it's just cars honking, still it's very obvious because they have their forces like sitting on every corner and also the way the people are honking it's like very obvious that it's unrest it's not just normal honking and also like there's so many people uh, so many women girls just walking in the middle of the street without headscarves which is very brave i don't know where they get their bravery from but this also happens a lot and a lot of the times like they're when they're walking in the middle of the street without their hijabs you can see the forces like in the sidewalk just sitting and the fact that they're so brave to do that it's yeah it's remarkable it's astonishing it's remarkable yeah so can you describe i know you've been to some demonstrations I mean, what 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 would you how would you describe the the atmosphere or the feeling amongst those who are protesting i mean obviously there's anger but but what is the sense of things there um i mean it it depends and it keeps changing so like the first few days because uh people were able to gather and like a lot of the places i was at like at least 500 people sometimes 1000 2000 people were in the same place chanting so that was one kind of feel feeling still there are there is some fear because they do keep like trying to um attack the people but because like there's at least like a thousand more people there you have some getting to those people is very difficult usually uh, because on your way to get them there you're usually alone or just a few people and they do um stop you and like search your backpacks and sometimes like might just arrest you for no reason because they kind of know that where you're going and why you're going there but when you get there when you get to the people it's usually like a more heartwarming situation and like they're you're all chanting together but then when it turned into right now at least in tehran because they have so much so many forces i haven't seen like more than 100 people gather in one location and chant so it's usually like few people here then run they're running then they go another place so it's just feels like a street war kind of thing and this is way more stressful and yeah it's and is this to say uh, I, I say this with some you know I, I, some lament but is this to say that between the internet um stoppages and the, and the crackdown by uh, police and military uh, that basically that 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 has been effective in terms of um getting the protesters off the streets and slowing the movement um i'm not sure i mean right now because it's like two weeks maybe that is happening but at first it wasn't so much the number of people were less but the way they were allowed to because when they have so many forces and they don't let you all gather in one spot so maybe in one neighborhood if the day before they started doing this there was a thousand people two thousand people in the same spot chanting 
the next day it wasn't necessarily that it's less people it's just the same 2000 people just scattered throughout the neighborhood running here and there and um i think at least at first it was a bit um people were a little bit frustrated of this but i think right now at least in some neighborhoods like satarhan this has become kind of a strategy because again it takes so much more energy and effort from them to scatter people around right than for the people to just gather in some place do two chants like 20 people do two chants and run away so in those places you get at least i get the sense that people are not necessarily mad that it's like this they know it's like this they're just trying their best to get as much energy uh, from the oppressors as possible how are you guys organizing with with the internet blockages how are you spreading the word um i think it's still through the internet mostly instagram and um twitter um the, so you so you have you, you have access to instagram or it does it come and go well right now they haven't completely blocked the internet like they did a few years back i think in two, 2019 they completely shut off the internet right now there is access um for example wi-fi is at home um they usually just work all day it's just that most websites are filtered so if you have a proxy vpn or something and i think they're using some techniques to um limit the way the vpns work because right. before this i still before all of this i used vpns and it, they connected very quickly right now it just takes so much maybe it's because so many people from this location are using vpns maybe that's what what's causing it i'm not sure i'm not that technical but um if you are able to like make one of your hundreds of vpns work then you're good like with your wi-fi with your um, lte phone internet they shut it off from 4 to 12 kind of completely only websites inside iran which whose server are inside iran work from 4 to 12 4 p.m to like 12 a.m but other than that time with vpn you can even use your like phone internet some we're hearing um you know horrible reports of people being killed we have a um family friend uh, of one of our people on our team who was killed in Shamal. Uh, uh, we're, we're hearing of people, protesters being beaten, uh, obviously a lot of people being arrested, some people uh, breaking into, you know, the, the thugs breaking into their homes and arresting them. Um, are, are you witnessing any of that? Do you, do you, have you seen that? Have you heard about that? Do you have friends who, who've been captured that way? I mean, um, I don't think there's, at least in like middle class, upper middle class. I think across the society right now, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't know anyone arrested. I know a lot of people who are arrested. Most of them were um, released the same night, but some were not. We know people who have been uh, there for like, I think it's the eighth day now. We know someone who's been inside their jails for like eight days now um and also i don't think i know anyone who hasn't at least uh been beaten once with batons 
and with paintball bullets. So yeah, most people. Did that I happen think, to have, you? Um, yeah. Can you describe what happened? Um, I mean, we were kind of, I was, we were kind of ambushed in a small street, small, small alley. And like, we all scattered. Um, and then we thought, I think at some points, their main goal is to just make people run and they don't come to arrest. But I think, um, three of them thought that me and some other guy were at the end of a, a dead end, but we were not. It wasn't a dead end, just looked like a dead end. So I think because they thought that, they thought, oh, it's an easy arrest. So three of them kind of sneaked very close to us and then suddenly jumped out with their guns and their guns even had lasers and put it on us and said, uh, drop to the ground. The guy next to me, who I have no idea who he was, he did drop to the ground and I just started running. And um, they shot with a lot of, I, I'm not sure if it was paintball bullets or um, such man. I don't know what that is in English. <laughs> uh, the ones they kill birds with. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, do, do, uh, do you, when you, when something like that happens to you, does it mm -hmm. intimidate you from, I mean, were you, were you willing to go back on the street the next day or, or does that really freak, freak the fuck out of you? You know, I mean, normally it does freak the fuck out of you, but, um, I think it depends on the person. I think just any, anybody had to just think about what they want to do. And if that is a price they're willing to, even if that doesn't happen to you still, like there are people who are not able to come out and a lot of people who just support with their cars, they come out with their cars. And even like most people I know, um, they don't just go by foot every day. They just alternate between different methods of protesting every day because it's safer and you kind of think about what you want to do that day based on what you've heard on the social media. But yeah, I mean, for me, um, I did go out the next day too, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, you, you were just talking about the, the incredibly brave women who are walking the, down the middle of the street without a hijab on, a, um, without Rusari in, in, in the middle of this, you know, crackdown, et cetera. But mm -hmm. it, also, I mean, you are, uh, there, there's people who, we've contacted in Iran who didn't want to come on this program. I mean, they wanted to come on the program, but they were afraid. And, um, and that's totally understandable. Um, our other guests have you just used, um, pseudonyms or different names. Um, you, as you said, you've been boldly posting things online. Uh, you're using your real name. Um, tell me about that. Tell me about the decision. You must've looked in the mirror at some point and said, this is what I'm going to do. And, and, and you're very courageous. Tell me about making that decision. Um, I mean, I think it's, it depends on many factors and still, if I think that the risk of it is like very high for them to come to my house and knock at my door, I would probably not do it, but it just depends. Right now, there's so many people who are using their 
pages, Instagram, and everywhere. Yeah. And my logic is that if they want to come and arrest all of us, first, it's impossible. And second, if they want to do that, they should just go ahead and try to do that. I would welcome that if, like, that's their goal to just go to every house and arrest people who are posting online. Um, but still, if, like, I think that for whatever reason, there's a much higher chance that they, they're going to come to my house, I will uh, take less risks, I guess. Okay, but you don't have to be doing this, uh, you know, uh, you, and you certainly don't have to be going out on the streets like you have been um, demonstrating. What what makes this this moment so important to you to be? I mean, it's one thing for us to go out and demonstrate on the streets of Toronto or LA or, or London in support of what you guys are doing in Iran, but it's another for you to actually be there facing those, those riot police. Um, so w- what keeps you going? It's, I think, mostly the hope of change. I'm not sure if it's called hope because it's still not, at least personally, I know a lot of people have a lot of hope, but personally, because I've seen um, what they're capable of doing, um, I'm not that hopeful that they will allow this to keep going on, but I think people have come to the decision that change needs to happen one way or another. And for that to happen, they, I think they want to just um, put all their effort, whatever that all means, but all the effort they can, we want to put all the effort we can. So that all the effort, that all de- depends on the person. Some people can do more, some people can do less. So, but I think all the energy they have, as long as they have, to get as much as possible. And I think that's, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's kind of the big strategy to just shoot, shoot for the big change, shoot for changing the whole system. Uh, and at the same time, knowing that it might not happen, changing the whole system because of what they're capable of, all the weapons that they have and people don't. But at the same time, accepting that even if that big change you're looking for doesn't happen, whatever else you can get is a win. Mm. Uh, So it's not like only changing the system is a win and anything less than that is a lose. No, everything, whatever you can take is a win and you just spend as much energy and time as you can uh, to and sh- to shoot for the big change, changing the whole system. If it doesn't happen, whatever else you can take, you yeah, will just yeah. take as it went, and then I guess try another day for the big change. If that doesn't happen, I mean, it's a, that's an amazing attitude, man. I, uh, it's it's certainly not a win if a lot of your brothers and sisters are being killed in the streets that that's you know that that part's not a win you know yeah uh, and that, and that's and that's pretty terrifying but um um can can you do you do you have any 
um, just just in, again in terms of it's such a unique position that we're in to be able to hear from someone who's in Tehran and who's willing to speak and who's been at the demonstrations, et cetera. I mean, do, can you paint a picture of is there anybody or any moment that's particularly inspired you amongst um, the the demonstrators? Uh, I was the, a woman I was just speaking to in Te- in Tehran was talking about the youth of some of the people she sees out there and how how inspiring that was for her. Um, talk to me about what what has inspired you. Um, I think like there are many moments and images, not seeing in social media, but like seeing up close that like just the other day, like, I I think I said that like you, you see, um, I guess like 19 year old, 18 year old girl without hijab and without like any coat or just with a t-shirt in the middle of like Valia street, which is like one of the biggest streets in Tehran and like maybe just 20 meters away away from the guards and she's just waving her headscarf in the air and like she doesn't even have any other cover that they're asking for so even if they like start attacking her she can't like pretend that she wasn't doing that because she doesn't have any cover with her other than the headscarf that she's just waving in the air i think like these moments are very inspiring. I don't see it in myself to be that brave. And I think it's amazing that so many uh, women are that brave and are like taking back, trying to take back the basic rights that like everyone deserves. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And also, I mean, also the moments that, you are i mean they rarely happen anymore in the past week but in the first week like you see thousand people two thousand people like around you all uh chanting um um which is woman uh life freedom yes and especially like in some neighborhoods like there was one of the demonstrations that it was at least like a thousand people and it was in one of the northern uh, parts of Tehran, which is like upper upper middle class and more like well-off people, and I I did not expect this to happen because these are usually people who people we we assumed would take less risks. Right, more reserved. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no. I mean, seeing in that specific street, like Valias, very close to Tajrish, like. A thousand people chanting and um their guards tried to uh make it stop like two three times but because there was so many people they couldn't uh and they like uh, fell back to tajrish to regroup uh and like that uh moment to see even in these kind of neighbor- neighborhoods people are just coming out and uh, being demanding what's their right, I think that's very inspiring. And and this thing where at nine p.m. across Tehran, people get out in their windows and 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 chant down with the dictator. Have have you heard that or participated in that? Um, I have not because most nights I I'm not back by then. Oh. But I've heard that that happens. I remember like in back in two thousand nine. Uh, there was also unrest in Iran back then. And back then, that was one of the biggest things uh, to do that every night. Uh, but um, this time around, 
I'm usually like back by 10, 11. So usually uh, I miss that part. Yeah. Well, if you if, if you were there and you remember hash to the hash in, in, in the 2009, the Green Movement protests and, and this, we're, we're, you know, the whole tone of this, this time has been that this is um, – a bigger deal it's more serious people are much angrier and they're saying things and doing things that they wouldn't have done uh, 13 years ago is that your assessment yeah yeah i think it's i think it's very different and i think it is bigger uh i think um to the government to the regime's big mistake uh this has led to here because like back then people were just asking for free elections um, which is inside the same system. And they kept um, refusing any kind of positive change. And right now, people just want to change the whole system. Um, and I think also the like, each time that these uh, unrests happen, the kinds of people who come out, the classes that are coming out, economic classes, social classes, are dif different i think this time is probably the most uh it has the most reach across ethnicity uh class like um educated people non-educated people like everyone is out uh and it one thing that is very different is that it's uh, you you get this feeling that it's uh, women are leading this uh mm. every time unrest happened women were there but this time they're just leading the whole movement and the whole thing started uh what ignited it was Masa Amini and uh women's basic rights do you um do you know what you're going to do say tomorrow do you know um do you have a plan or do you with each day just sort of find out here where things are happening and decide where you're going to go yeah yeah the latter yeah okay I mean, uh, we we all kind of know that every day something we we are gonna like not be home after like five six, hmm. but exactly what time and what is the thing that is gonna happen that depends on uh, the decision. I mean, the number of friends who are joining and what's on social media and what's like that changes. Yeah. Well, Sam, uh, uh, you, you've been very modest about your own bravery, but um, I, I, I thank you so much for boldly giving us your voice uh, to, to send around the world. And um, no problem. Uh, you know, there are people freaked out about attending a protest in Toronto. You know, so <laughs> for you to be doing this from Tehran, not to worry you, but it, it is, uh, it's, it's um, very much appreciated. I hope you take care of yourself, and I hope we see you Thanks on the side. Thank you so of the, much. Thank you for doing this. I, I hope we see you on the other side of this, man, and, and play some music together. Yeah, me too. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. That's uh, Sam in um, Tehran. The microphone's back on for... Shia and Pega, um, three voices yes. from Iran. Uh, Sarah Elham, uh, Sam. Once again, th thank you to to the three of them for. Uh, uh, I'm processing this. It was that, mm -hmm. that was actually. Uh, it's kind of difficult hearing all that because because um, I I feel like uh, it's. Uh, um, on the one hand, their courage. Mm -hmm. 
um, is incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, these these three people, I mean, they the the conviction they have about the change they want to that they they're willing to. I think I think each one of them basically said, "I'm willing to die yes. for to to fight for freedom." Yes, yes. Um, that said, I mean, it's clear that at least from these three voices that that the situation in Iran is pretty complicated. Like it's not mm. it's not like uh hey the revolution has come, everything's gonna be <laughs> yes. over by tomorrow, you know. I yes. mean this is uh um they bought they all intimated yeah. that the things have died down a little bit in terms of actually street action because of the, the crackdowns. But uh, what obvious is change is coming, you know, that's obvious. I mean, yes, revolution maybe it's not in the like next next step week yeah, next yeah, week yeah, yeah. yeah but obviously the change has come you know like w- when girls they don't wear hijab and they go like in front of uh, those uh, thugs and yeah. I or mean, go anywhere, anywhere. subway all yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. Th- th- I, I, the change has come and again we have to keep uh, ourselves hopeful mm-hmm. I mean th- all of that being said what stuck with me and, and I'm still I think processing is mm-hmm. the fact that that's the choice that you either go out on the streets and fight and put your life at risk or mm-hmm. or what I mean mm-hmm. uh, you know y- we heard from all three of these people saying I'm willing to put my life on the line because it's reached a point where we just can't tolerate it anymore mm-hmm. in terms of people who are on the front lines you can tell us it's somewhat generational too mm-hmm. I mean we know this that mm-hmm the young people are out there and that young people usually are at the forefront of a revolution right. but but each one of them in one way or another was saying you know I haven't told my parents yeah. or, or <laughs> they don't really like what I'm doing I don't say everything or you know because because obviously parents are going to worry of right course. I mean it's, it's, so. I mean, it's pretty terrifying uh, what they're experiencing and witnessing was it Elham who runs to the house mm-hmm. and family oh, takes her yeah. in and uh, yeah. um and uh, I mean, Psalm being as open as he is yes. about um, he was literally shot, you know. But uh, he was lucky that it was painful or such. Mate, was and then he went back right away. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you know, there, there. I mean, there are people who are afraid to like one of our programs on Instagram because <laughs> the, the, the regime will come after them, you know, for, because we're, we're not uh, friendly to the regime. But, I, uh, but, uh, uh, this, this is the real stuff here. These, yeah. these guys, right? Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also, you know, in some ways I feel like we, I'm realizing as I listen to these guys in Iran that this is, you know, there's a duality to, to what, what's going on in Iran versus the feeling in the mm-hmm. diaspora, you know. Um, there's less implication, you know, uh, I mean, direct in terms of threat, you know, to speaking out in the diaspora. So you see cross-generational and pretty mm-hmm. universal, except for the people who are conspicuously silent, of course. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, you see that kind of mass, you know, we want change in That's all right. these, in the diaspora countries uh, where Iranians are. Um, and but the implications are, are different from us, for well, us, well, right? We go and demonstrate and then we go mm-hmm. home to our, mm-hmm. so in Iran, Obviously, it's more complicated, you know, um, and especially when the crackdown comes and, you know, people are, you know, getting injured, arrested, killed, what, 
and that the, the, what you were saying at the beginning of the show about yeah. the new wave of arrests yeah. and i mean it's it's uh well, I mean, just to that point, I was going to say, I think it was Ilham who was saying that, um, you know, one of the eye-opening points for her was that it could have been her, is what she was saying, I think. And, you know, for us here, no matter how much we support, that threat, like you, like you said, is not there. And so, obviously, there's there's an understanding if things are slowing down um, in Iran, or you're seeing scattered protests, or you're seeing things like that. But here... We're only continuing to gain momentum and get stronger and, you know, have a louder voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm think, I was thinking about Sara talking about the youth of the the people that she, they all talked about that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, seeing New teenagers generation. and yeah, I mean, it's, it is really inspiring. Yeah. Like, like they're, forget, you know, hanging out at the mall. This mm-hmm. is like, I'm willing to risk my life yeah. for freedom, yeah. you know. And they and and it's such a funny thing because you zoom out and it's it's so crazy what this is about. Like they said it. Even El Ham, who's the the activist, you know, who's you know the most I don't know um, seasoned activist. It sounds like maybe of these three mm-hmm. is saying, "I just want a normal life." Yeah. Like yeah. you know, they're not asking for. They're just like, yeah. I just want to be able to like wear what I want <laughs> and listen right. to the music I want. Maybe dance. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane what this is about. It's really, you know. I mean, it, if you know, it's funny that you say that. Actually, as as you're saying that, I'm realizing that I've stopped even thinking about what it's about. It's so much more about the fight. I, I keep, you know, reposting and going to these demonstrations here, and um, you know, really echoing people's voice in mm-hmm. Iran, or at least trying to. But I don't think I had actually taken a second to think about the reality of what it is that, you know, they they really are fighting for. And you're right; it's so trivial and yet so important. I mean, imagine being in a, living in a house where you're you become an adult and somebody says, uh, "Yeah, you, you you know, you're not allowed to wear these. This is the clothing you have to mm-hmm. wear, or this is the you're not allowed to dance, or you can't listen to this music, you can't engage." And I mean, it it, it it's um it's it's what we would grow up in the West as thinking of draconian. Mm-hmm. It, it is like a, it's that Margaret Atwood uh, right. Handmaid's Tale kind of thing, you know? And I mean, what are we talking about here? These, uh, and, you know, so, yeah. um, and, and, and hey, no matter what happens, I guess Sam just was saying at the end there, you know, the, the, each, each time, they, you know, they push the envelope further, right? These further. brave young people in Iran, they're just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And yeah. there's no doubt that however this ends up, you know, and uh, that they've they've pushed the ball down the road mm-hmm. quite a bit here. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, okay. Uh, um, we, we talked at the beginning of the show about Shervin, yeah. the, the young musician who sang that song that has gone viral and then has been arrested for now. I mean, hopefully by tomorrow or the coming days, he, he'll... You hope he's okay, um, but we're going to play that song, right? Going out, and uh, we'll be back with another special edition um, on Monday. Uh, you know, we can't really talk about anything else right now. This is all we're thinking about and 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 wanting to talk about. Um, 
And also, uh, once again, a reminder that wherever you are listening to us from around the world, I think, Peggy, you said 120 different cities. 120 different Likely cities. Likely wherever you are listening to us from, I know every major city in Canada for sure, and, and, and many of them in the, in the United States, there are demonstrations planned uh, this weekend. Um, uh, I know that's the case as well in uh, the UK and, uh, well, pretty much everywhere. So so um, here's a chance to uh, show solidarity. We'll see you out there at the demonstrations, you guys. Um, in the meantime, uh, our website is rookmedia.com where you can catch up on um, more recent episodes or back episodes or see our former guests or everything at rookmedia.com, all of our videos. Uh, and the last show we did from on Monday um, about which was uh, different voices from the diaspora talking about how we can um, make a difference and support those in Iran. Rookmedia.com. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Roham and Hita, Parisa, Pega, Mertad, and Shaya. Thank you to all of you out there supporting us and sharing our content. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. You can find me on Instagram at Giango Meshi. Mizun Bashin, Shervin, take it away. برای توی کوچه رخصیدن برای ترسیدن به وقت بوسیدن برای خواهرم خواهرت خواهرامون برای تغییر مغزها که پوسیدن برای شرمندگی برای بیپولی برای حسرت یک زندگی معمولی برای کودک زبالگرد و آرزوهاش برای این اقتصاد دستوری برای این هوای آلوده برای ولی اصر و درختای فرسوده برای پیروز و اعتمال انقرازش برای سگهای بیگناه ممنوعه برای گریه های بیوقفه برای تصویر تکرار این لحظه برای چهره ای که میخنده برای دانش آموزا برای هاینده برای اجباری برای نخبه های زندانی برای کودکان افغانی برای این همه برای غیر تکراری برای این همه شعارهای تو خالی برای آوار خونه های پوشالی برای احساس آرامش برای خورشی پس از شبای طولانی برای غرصای حساب و بیخوابی برای مرد میهن آبادی برای دختری که آرزو داشت پسر بود برای زن زندگی آزادی Oh